Okay, right, so lots of prayers. And please pray for me. I've heard lots of people stand up here and say they're glad to be speaking again in person rather than podcasts. I might be the only one who's the opposite. I would much prefer to do a podcast than to stand up here and face people and speak. So please bear with me this morning as I try to share what I want to share. Before I do share anything, I've got a few free gifts. Okay, so um, I'm not going to distribute everything in this bag, but I've got a few free gifts. But there is, there's no catch, but you've got a choice what you do with them, those who come to receive them. They're free. They're free from me. I want to bless you with them. So you can either keep them for yourself, you can share them with somebody else in the room, or you can give it away completely. Your choice. So you can either, and, and no one's going to judge you for it. So you think, no, I quite like it. I'll keep it for myself. Thank you very much. You can keep it. Or if you could share it with somebody else, not during the service, please, but afterwards you can share it out. Or you can decide, I'm going to bless somebody else and give it to somebody else. So I think we'll start with the children. See if any of the children want to come up. Any children want to receive a free gift this morning? Come on then, Jonah. Now you've got a choice. You've got a choice. Do you want to keep it for yourself? Do you want to share it with somebody else? Or do you want to give it to somebody else? What do you want to do? Do you want to keep it? You keep it then. Okay. Ava, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep it for yourself? Do you want to share it? Or do you want to give it to mommy or daddy? Yeah. Keep it for myself. Okay. Off you go then. Okay. Right. What about the big brother? Is he going to come? No. No, no. It's a very special one for you. Now, is he going to come? Now, well, we'll have his uncle. Okay. So, this is a very special one for his uncle as well. So, keep it for yourself. Keep it for yourself. Share it with somebody else or give it away completely. You're going to share it. Oh, that's the, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear it. Anybody who doesn't know, me and Ben have got this thing about Toblerone. We both love Toblerone. Okay, one more older person then. Another older person. Not, not, we've had the children. Anybody else? You might, if you, if you like it, you might decide, oh, yeah, I'll go up for that. Anybody? Keep, share, or give away completely. Anybody want to come? Amy's up for it. <laughs> What do you want to do with it, Amy? I might um, give it away. Oh, right, okay. Right, thank you. <laughs> okay, right, for, for, those, for all the children in this other bag here, Jeanette's bought some selection boxes for you for afterwards. Jacob, if you change your mind and you want to come, there's a very special one for you here afterwards, so we'll see. Okay, you might regret that. <laughs> Okay, but we're going to spend some time today thinking about the subject of generosity. And I want to challenge you to think about how generous you are. So I've therefore called this message the Generosity Challenge. Now, a little disclaimer before I start. Some of you might think I've heard a little bit of this before. And I have shared, shared some of what I want to share today with church, but many years ago now. So you might not even remember it. But I, I listened to a podcast by Joyce Meyer. 
and she was talking about generosity and she really challenged me to think about whether I would consider myself to be a truly generous person. And as we were approaching Christmas, the time of year when we might all think, you know, about being a bit more generous, I felt prompted to share some of those thoughts with you today, um, along with some other things. And some of those thoughts did come from Josie's podcast, so just disclaimer out there. The word generous means liberal, lavish, unselfish, abundant, big-hearted. And that's just a few descriptions out of the dictionary. So the opposite to generosity is obviously selfishness. So would you describe yourself as a generous or a selfish person? Just think back over the last week. Have you done anything for anybody else outside of your own immediate family? When it comes to Christmas time, would you say that you're a generous giver? You know, it would be good for us all just to do a bit of an inventory of our own lives to see whether we really would class ourselves as generous people. Isaiah 32, verse 8 says, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. You know, God himself is a generous giver. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, tells us, God so loved the world that he gave and he didn't just give a little, he gave his best. While we were still sinners, while we didn't know him or care to know him, even while we were happy in our sin, God gave his only son to die for us. You know, there's a quote from Joyce Meyer on that podcast that really made me think, and it's really stuck with me. It says, when we are giving in any way, shape or form, we are more like God than at any other time in our lives. Just think about that for a minute. When we are giving in any way, shape or form, we are more like God than at any other time in our lives. Do you want to be more like Jesus? I do, and I'm sure you do. So we're going to look at some ways today that we can be more generous and become more like him. Acts 20 verse 35 says... It's more blessed to give than to receive. So I just want you to apply that verse to every area that we're going to look at today. We're just going to consider five ways that we can be generous. There's many more, I'm sure, and I'm sure you might think of some as I go through this. But we're blessed to be a blessing. And I want you to think about that. We are blessed. God blesses us to bless other people. So we're going to look at five ways that we can be generous and as you go through, I want you to think, are you being generous in that area? It's challenged me as I've prepared for today, and I hope it's a generosity challenge for you too. The first way is the most obvious way. When you think of being generous, we all think to be generous with our finances. We automatically think about money. God calls us to be generous with what he's blessed us with. Deuteronomy 15, verse 11, For the poor will never cease from the land, Therefore, I command you, saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in the land. Are you generous with your money and your possessions? Do you give to people in need when the opportunity arises? You know, we're approaching Christmas. Are you going to be generous outside of your own immediate family and needs? 
are you just going to buy gifts for those that you know I'm going to buy you one? You know, we all know, we all know what that's like. Oh, I better buy them one because they're going to be what, buy me one. Or are you going to buy a gift regardless of whether you get a gift back? Have you set aside some of your finances to bless people more in need this Christmas? Have you bought a toy for somebody at the manor house or has that just skipped your mind and you've not thought about it? 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 to 7 says this, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. For let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, in the New Century Version, now I haven't got this on the, on the screen, but it reads like this, and I love the way it reads in verse, from verses 6 to 8. It says, remember this. The person who plants a little will have a small harvest, but the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each one should give as he's decided in his heart. You should not be sad when you give, and you should not give because you feel forced to give. God loves the person who gives happily. And God can give you more blessing than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything, enough to give to every good work. When it's time for giving, do you give begrudgingly or cheerfully? You know, I know a lot of us, and I'm not judging anyone here, a lot of us, a lot of people might give through covenanting. So when that collection bag goes round, you don't put nothing in because you're giving other ways. But you know, since we've stopped passing the collection bag round, if that was your way of giving, do you still give to church? Or have you stopped giving because it's not no longer in front of you? It's really important that God sees, because God sees our heart, and he will bless us when we give with the right attitude. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25 from the Message Bible reads, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. There's so many verses in the Bible that teach this. The Bible teaches us the importance of tithing. And I've often shared before in my Faith Builders class or at Bite about tithing. You might not earn a lot. You might be on just pocket money or pension or some sort of benefits. But learn to tithe. Get into the habits of tithing because it's a brilliant habit to have. See how God blesses you when you're generous with your money. But, you know, we should never give expecting him to do so. Two quotes I really want to, to share with you this morning. One was from Selwyn Hughes, and he says, Remember this, you can't serve God and money, but you can serve God with money. I think it's a really important lesson there. And then another one from A.W. Tozer. As base a thing as money often is, yet it can be transmuted into everlasting treasure. It can be converted into food for the hungry and clothing for the poor. It can keep a missionary activity winning lost men to the light of the gospel and thus transmute itself into heavenly values. Any temporal possession can be turned into everlasting wealth. Whatever is given to Christ is immediately touched with immortality. Are your finances an area that God is challenging you to be more generous this Christmas? The second area is to be generous with our forgiveness. You might think this is a bit of a weird one, but it's so, so important. 
Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 23 says, The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They're new every morning. Lord, your loyalty is great. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God doesn't give me just a little bit of mercy every day. His mercy is new every day and it never stops. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and loving to each other and forgive each other just as Christ, God forgave you in Christ. Thank God that he's not mean with his forgiveness. He forgives and forgives and forgives. He hasn't set aside just a little bit, barely enough for us to get by on. He's given more than enough. I'm so thankful I'm never going to hear God say, sorry, Ruth, you've used up all your forgiveness. I've got none left for you. God will forgive and forgive and forgive. Yet we can be like that with people sometimes. We want to just forgive once or twice if they've hurt us. We hold grudges or bitterness in our heart instead of remembering how God wants us to forgive others. Colossians 3, 13 to 14, get along with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person because the Lord forgave you. Do all these things, but most important, love each other. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. You know, as believers, we will never experience the joy-filled Christian life that God's got for us that's victorious unless we're ready to forgive people when they hurt us. I know that can be hard, but you know, there's so many verses in the Bible, but this next one ought to really, really challenge us. Matthew 6, 14 to 15, if you forgive others for their sins, your Father in heaven will also forgive you for your sins. But if you don't forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. Jesus is telling us plainly there in his word, if we're not prepared to forgive others, for the wrong that they've done to us. We can't expect God to forgive us. I wonder if we really understand what that means. You know, in the parable about forgiveness in Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus how many times he had to forgive, up to seven times. And Jesus' answer was not seven times, but 70 times seven. As I said before, I'm so glad God doesn't put a limit on how many times he's going to forgive me. Oh, now there's many things. I might have done the same again and again and again, 70 times 7 and more, but he still forgives me. But again, are we willing to forgive one another? We freely accept mercy from God every day. Are we prepared to forgive it? The Bible says that the debt we owe God is much greater than any debt that anybody owes us. Always remember how great God's generosity is, especially in the area of forgiveness. And aim to forgive others as quickly, as often, and as generously as God forgives you. Is forgiveness an area that you need to consider this Christmas to be generous with? The third area is generous with your speech. Now, before anybody says anything, I know a lot of you are thinking, Ruth, you are very generous with your speech because you say I talk a lot. But I want you to think about it in a different way. How generous are you with your speech? Apparently, the average person speaks about 16,000 words a day. We sleep for approximately eight hours, so it's an average of a 1,000 words a minute, uh, not a minute, <laughs> that we speak. Unless it's, yes, okay. What words do you speak? 
Other mainly criticising, gossiping, complaining, moaning. Or are they generous words of encouragement to build people up? 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11. So encourage each other and give each other strength just as you are doing now. Are you doing that now? Are you an encourager? Ephesians 4, 29, when you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need, words that will help others become stronger. Then what you say will do good to those who listen to you. When was the last time you encouraged somebody? Why not make a proactive decision to speak what builds people up and encourages them today? With God's help, speak only words that will value people and honour God. When was the last time you gave a compliment? Now, unfortunately, if I hear a compliment, if somebody compliments me, I'm usually waiting for the follow-up sarcasm, especially from some people in this room. So I really find it difficult to accept compliments. Are you sarcastic with your compliments? Do you give them easily? Do you do your best to build people up or do you tear them down with negativity? Do you need to check your language for generosity? How about this one? Are you generous with your prayers? Do you just pray for family and friends? Or do you consider the others that you can pray for? When you get those prayer requests from Diana on the church chat, do you take your time to pray for those people? Or do you think, oh, I'll do it later and forget all about it? Why not go out of your way today to encourage somebody, to compliment them or to pray for them throughout this week? Is your speech an area God's challenging you where you need to be more generous this Christmas? The fourth one, and I think this is one of the hardest ones for a lot of people, and this is to be generous with your time. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, when we have the opportunity to help anyone, we should do it. But we should give special attention to those who are in the family of believers. Some of the ladies might remember that verse all used to be on the bottom of our colour newsletters. That was our, our verse. There's so many ways that we can be generous with our time. We can visit people who are sick or lonely. We can take the time to make a call to someone who we haven't seen at church for a while. Now, I'm as guilty as anyone for not doing that when I should do it. There's people who we haven't seen for a long time at church who we picked up the phone and we found them. See how they are. We can give lifts to people who haven't got transport, even if it means that we've got to go out of our way. We can arrive on time for things that we've committed to help with. We can volunteer to help with tasks that aren't that appealing, but we know that they have to be done. We can do things that we really don't want to do because it's going to take up some of our very valuable spare time. You know, we can volunteer at the manor house. There's so many volunteers there, but there's work, there's work to be done for Manor House, not just when it's open. There's the messages that have gone out asking for help with collecting donations. There's so many areas that we can help. How often do you say, and I'll do, I've done it myself, you can't do something for somebody else or for God because you just don't have the time. You're too busy. You know, we miss out on so much blessing when we don't have the time to help others and serve with our time. You know, through lockdown, church activities have stopped. We all had more time. And in some ways, that's been a good thing because it's made us all reevaluate what we do and don't do. 
But I wonder how much we're going to be prepared to step up and serve again when things start to get back to normal. We're so off track when all we've got room for in our lives is our own problems, our own needs, our own family, our immediate, and that's what we can be like. Why not ask God to reveal to you how you can be more of a blessing to somebody this Christmas with your time? The last area is to be generous with your faith. 1 Peter 3, verse 15 to 16. But respect Christ as the Holy Lord in your heart. Always be ready to give an answer to any, everyone who asks you to explain about the hope that you have, but answer in a gentle way and with respect. How generous are you with sharing your faith? When was the last time you told somebody else about Jesus? When was the last time you invited somebody to come to church? Are you selfish and you're keeping your faith to yourself because it's a bit embarrassing to, to share about Jesus with some people? I know it's not easy to do, but we need to get serious about it because, you know, Jesus is coming back again. It's soon going to be too late. I'm learning to listen to the Holy Spirit nudge in all areas of my life, but I'm asking him particularly to help me in this area because I do struggle to share my faith sometimes. I struggle to step out there and, and tell people about Jesus. Why not ask God to give you and show you opportunities to be generous with your faith? Because we don't know when it's too late. We have got all got people in our families who don't know Jesus. So how much do we tell them about him? Is sharing your faith an area where God has challenged you to be more generous? You know, generosity is beautiful. And beautiful things are appealing. They've got a drawing power. We're drawn to beauty. It touches our souls. So if we can be generous people, people will be brought, drawn to Jesus. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5, describes the world in which we live right now. And it says, Remember this. In the last days, there will be many troubles because people will love themselves, love money, boast and be proud. They will say evil things against others and will not obey their parents or be thankful or be the kind of people that God wants. They will not love others. They'll refuse to forgive. They'll gossip and will not control themselves. They'll be cruel. They'll hate what is good. They'll turn against their friends and will do foolish things without thinking. They'll be conceited, will love pleasure instead of God. And will act as if they serve God, but will not have his power. Stay away from those people. All of those things we can see in the world in which we live today. It's a selfish world. But this is the time that God has chosen us to live. This is the time that we are on this planet. And this is the time when we should be shining bright for him. We should encourage one another to be generous. You know, God's got his people everywhere, but so many of them are in hiding. The world's full of darkness. We are his lights. And all we've got to do is shine. So I want to ask you this morning, do you need to turn your light up in the area of generosity so that other people can see Jesus in you and maybe ask a few questions to want to know more? Generosity is something we choose. You can choose to be generous or you can choose to be selfish. You know, when you're generous, you're so blessed. I just want to finish with a true story, something that happened to me 
a few months ago now, and um, it'll stick with me all my life. And if I get through this without crying, I'll have done well, because I can't even think about the experience without getting a bit upset. I shared it with faith builders. I was in Tesco's doing my usual weekly shop, and I saw a man who was obviously shoplifting. I'd say he was about Keith Edwards' age, so judge that as you will. Right? But he reminded me, honestly, of Keith. When I looked at him, it wasn't Keith. Kind of just put it out there. Um, but he was obviously shoplifting. And I watched him for a while as he got two carrier bags and he was just taking them off the shelf and he was putting them in his bag. And I was trying to decide what should I do because obviously it's wrong to shoplift. So I walked to the end of the aisle and, you know, just having a look. And he was still shoplifting. And he filled two bags up. And when I got to the end of the aisle, I saw this manager and I thought, that's my cue. I've got to, I've got to tell. I've got to tell somebody. So I informed him. I told the manager, there's a man back there shoplifting. Now, I know some of you straight away might think, Ruth, you shouldn't have done that. That was the wrong thing to do. Right? So you just got to bear with me on this one. But then I watched as the manager watched him he picked up a couple more things and went to the counter to pay but he only paid for the two things that he had in his hand he paid for nothing in his shopping bags so after he'd gone through the till the security guard stopped him and I watched as they checked his bags and they dealt with the situation I felt awful had I done the right thing should I have offered to pay for him I don't know what position he was in I don't know how much he needed that food. Should I have even just told him about the man house, where we can come and get food for £4 a week and you can have, could have had all that for £4 at the man house? I've got no idea, but I felt awful. And as I finished my own shopping, I walked around Tesco's and I was praying to God, saying, Lord, I, I feel bad. I don't know if I did the right thing there. If I'm to help him, let me see him outside and I'll come and bring him back in and he can have a trolley load of shopping and I'll pay for it. I walked all across Tesco car park and there was no sign of him. So I got in my car and I drove up and down the roads around Tesco's, determined that God would put that man in my sight and I'd see him and I was going to go and I was going to shop to ease that conscience. Again, whether I did the right thing or not, up to you. But, but then I had this prompt to go down to Lidl. Those who know the area, now Lidl's just down the road from Tesco's. He might be in there. He might have gone to Tesco, so Lidl, to do the same thing. So I went down to Lidl, went in the route, went in the shop, up and down all the aisles, not meaning to buy anything for myself. No sign of this man. So I picked up a couple of things that I thought, you know, I've got to buy something now I've been in here. And I was really discouraged. And I went to pay for those items at the till. When I got there, there were these two young girls in front of me. They couldn't have been any older. Right, so they were paying for, for sandwiches and drinks when they were at the checkout, paying for them. And when they got there, the first girl had got this carrier bag. And I can still see this as clear as anything. And it was just full of change. And she was paying for what she'd got at the till. And she paid for hers. And the second girl had got a, a card to pay with. Obviously, it must have been a mother's card because she wasn't old enough and... It got declined twice. So she looked at the three kids and just said, sorry. She, she, so polite these children were. And she, and she walked off and she said, I'll have, to, I'll have to leave the food. And then I got this almighty kick in my gut, <laughs> pay for that food. So 
So I said to the, the man at the, the till, I'll pay for that. And he looked at me a bit, you know, what? So I bought all the food that they'd left. And I rushed quickly out the shop to catch these kids to make sure that I could catch them. And they were just crossing the road. And I managed to catch the, the, the last oldest girl. And I shouted her and I said, here's the food. And she turned around and she said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, be blessed. She had the food off me and I cannot describe how thankful that girl was. I went to my car, I got in the car and I was in tears. And I drove off that car park and I saw those kids sat on the wall on the other side, sat there eating the sandwiches and eating the, drinking the drinks. And they shouted at the top of their voices, thank you so much, lady, all of them. I was so humbled by that experience, but I was so blessed because God enabled me to help somebody in such a little way. I might not have done the right thing in Tesco's, but I'm so glad God gave me the opportunity to bless those children in Little. We are blessed to be a blessing church. It cost me very little that morning. But it blessed me so much. And as I've said, it's something that is going to stick with me for my life. Two more quotes to finish with. One from Charles Spurgeon. In all my years of service to my Lord, I've discovered a truth that has never failed and has never been compromised. That truth is that it is beyond the realm of possibilities that one has the ability to outgive God. Even if I give the whole of my worth to him, he will find a way to give back to me much more than I gave. And the second one is from Randy Alcorn. The more you give, the more comes back to you. Because God is the greatest giver in the universe and he won't let you let you out give him go ahead and try see what happens a reminder of that quote from Joyce Meyer when we are giving in any way shape or form we are more like God than at any other time of our lives let's each ask God to give us generous hearts in all areas of our lives this Christmas it might be your finances it might be being prepared to forgive it might be changing your speech, it might be giving more of your time, or it might be sharing your faith. But let's do it so that we can have that aim to become more like Jesus. Because we can never outgive God. We're blessed to be a blessing, so be blessed, church. And thank you for listening. <laughs>